Welcome to Rethinking with Alex Torpy. I am your host, Alex Torpy. In this podcast series, I'll be drawing on my experiences, which you can learn a little more about in episode number eight, to help give us a critical, nonpartisan, authentic space to examine some of the real root causes to the most important issues we see around us. We will question everything, and I hope to provide us a platform to rethink our minds, our communities, our republic, even our existence. Are there topics that you wish I would cover or someone that you think I should interview? Drop me a line at alex at rethinkingwithalextorpy.com. You can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, YouTube, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts or at rethinkingwithalextorpy.com. Don't forget to leave a good review, subscribe, like, and share with a friend if you like what you hear. Enjoy. Hey everyone, and welcome to another installment here. I'm going to share a little bit about a motorcycle camping trip that I took around Death Valley and Joshua Tree in 2017. Um, I'm going to share a little bit differently about this one. I've got some photos that I'm going to show you as I'm talking here and uh, with some labels about where they were, but I'm just going to share not all the details of exactly what I did and where I went and who I talked to, but uh, some of the bigger picture reflections that I was doing and kind of why this trip was important to me um, at this time. Now, many, maybe most of us, have a hard time putting our work down. And relatedly, many of us have trouble experiencing the present or being intentional with our attention and focus. This is something that is uh, becoming more widely understood as more and more evidence mounts, both in the kind of science from the scientific community and from kind of public surveying and public opinion polling about how people are feeling and where they're spending their time. Now, this is not entirely our fault. For people who have jobs where the work is never ending, it's really challenging to draw boundaries and lines about where and when you can shut all of that off, especially if you care about the work and it has a purpose, and especially if you're working in a place where it's sort of the 24-7 always-on culture, and especially... If you have a boss, and these two often go together, if you have a boss that doesn't accept anything other than exactly what they want whenever they want it, regardless of how that impacts others. So if your boss is calling or asks you to work on something, even if you're in the middle of something that you shouldn't be interrupted on, right, you've got to take that phone call and chit chat with your boss about whatever random thing they could have made a voice memo to themselves about or written down in a note or emailed to themselves so they could follow up on during business hours. Um, my guess is many of us have uh, had or are in situations like that. And we're also living in a culture in regards to sort of our expectations about response times and being on demand for other people that is only being accelerated in a very specific direction by the particular hardware and software technologies that we have developed. Um, and the smartphones that we have and the advertising-driven social media platforms that fuel how a lot of us get information, these are largely uh, driven by incentives that are not incentives that are aligned with us. And so the incentives of getting more attention so that you have more impressions and engagements to sell better advertising is not aligned with what our goals are when using these platforms or living on a day-to-day -day basis. We're going to come back to that more. And so... This boundary or balance between work and life or, or the ability to turn work off, the balance between connected and disconnected living, 
attention and distraction, these are topics that we're going to explore in a lot more detail in the podcast. You know, we're going to look at some scientific and academic um, and other evidence to understand what's happening and what some very specific things that we can do um, about that are, both in our personal lives and professional lives. And it was also a uh, opportunity for me to sort of check in on some, you know, bigger picture things that I had been working on in my in my personal life. In the prior few years when I traveled, I often had my phone off, you know, during the day or maybe for a day or two. But if I was traveling domestically, you know, I had phone service, you know, in the times that I had it. And if I was traveling internationally, um, I often got a SIM card or, you know, would use the Wi-Fi in the hostel or campground or wherever I was staying. And so, you know, I wasn't totally disconnected, right? I was checking things in the evenings, checking things, uh, you know, in the mornings. You know, I certainly wasn't on my phone throughout these trips, but I wasn't totally disconnected either. And there's a big difference between being mostly disconnected and totally disconnected. You know, that's a big jump um, there. And so on this trip in 2017, the, you know, I drove a, a road on my motor, uh, a motorcycle I rented, uh, a Tiger Triumph um, an 800, which was uh, a bike I always loved, but was a little out of my price range uh, when I was getting mine, um, which is a Honda NC700X. And so I navigated this trip as I often do on these. Uh, it was about a thousand miles that I rode over the six days. I navigated that most, almost exclusively with a paper map. And it was funny because, you know, paper maps these days, uh, I mean, I remember paper maps as a kid in, you know, uh, road trips with the family, uh, you know, before MapQuest existed. But, you know, so I'm in coffee shops and diners. I got all my motorcycle gear, jacket, helmet, gloves and everything, you know, got this big giant map folded out on a table um, <laughs> for the life of me. You know, I can do a lot of, you know, I, I think I, I can take care of a lot of things when I'm traveling like this. You know, I don't, I don't mind being, you know, out in the desert on a motorcycle with no cell phone. Uh, but for the life of me, I cannot fold these maps back up into, like, the shapes that they come in. Um, you know, you has got to, like, really, really carefully, slowly do it. And usually it just, you know, ends up getting folded incorrectly. So I'm just, like, I know people are, like, watching me in these diners. You know, they're seeing me with my motorcycle gear, with the paper map, planning out routes. You know, struggling to like fold this thing back up and they're like, yeah, good luck to that guy, you know, out there. But that was, uh, you know, that's kind of where I wanted to be on this trip. You know, I wanted to be uh, disconnected. You know, I did uh, have a separate, a backup phone uh, that could connect to Wi-Fi. And, um, you know, I was able to, you know, I sent a check-in email to my family at one point, just letting them know that I was alive. And also at one point I checked the weather uh, while I was out because um, it looked like it was going to rain, and uh, rain in deserts can be very dangerous uh, because of flash flooding, especially if you're on a motorcycle. Now, so this was kind of a big step for me, you know, you know, getting everything organized, uh, you know, setting up work, you know, being able to actually unplug for that you know amount of time, and it's actually easier than it may seem for people who haven't done that. Once you get past the first couple hours or day like the first time, it's actually really nice. Um, and you probably won't be missing your phone. Uh, you'll be enjoying the present. Um, and time will kind of seem like you have more time almost. And the quality of the time is better. But the other piece of this is that, you know, I uh, was working on some sort of personal development on my own side. Years prior, uh, I was on a path to burning out. Um, from... 
you know, maybe there's about two or two and a half years there from like around 2011 from when my campaign started to 2013, maybe the summer of 2013. Uh, I did not take more. I did not take a, a, an entire day off, you know, for those few years. Um, everything was suffering. You know, my personal, emotional, existential state, my personal relationships, uh, my health, and my God, my apartment. Um, I'm not going to show a picture of that. And, you know, all of those things, you know, they influence everything else, right? Every, they sort of spill over, seep into other areas and end up influencing your work. And so if I was already in an exhausted, fragmented state, and let's say, you know, a council member in South Orange did something terrible, which, you know, unfortunately happened on a few occasions, you know, it was a difficult place to be starting from to deal with something like that. Already difficult, you know, being, uh, you know, 23, 24 years old, uh, trying to uh, deal with some of these things, you know, in, in a medium-sized town. But, you know, the, the sort of burnout of everything else at the same time, you know, was slowly taking me in a direction that was not, that was not good. You know, I was spending about 30 hours a week or so mayoring, uh, you know, with some notable times, numerous occasions where there was like 14 to 16 hour days um, on town stuff. Like during some of the major storms, we had like Hurricane Irene, Hurricane Sandy, you know, spending 20, 25, 30 hours a week on my business uh, that we were starting, um, Veracity Media, you know, I was spending about 15 or 20 hours a week volunteering at the Rescue Squad, though you could sometimes get other work done there. And I was getting my master's degree at John Jay College of Criminal Justice in the evenings, uh, you know, I would head into the city, you know, after doing uh, hours of town stuff and then hours of business stuff. You know, I would five o'clock in the afternoon, you know, I would head into the city to go to class at night, you know, not getting back until, you know, I don't know, eight, nine, ten o'clock. Um, and so uh, that was going on like that for a few years. And in fact, I used to look forward to Friday nights because Friday night I would go to my work office, not my uh, municipal offices. And uh, and I would get a lot of email and other stuff done because nobody else was answering stuff Friday nights. And so it was kind of like I would put some music on, like get some dinner and just like answer emails. And that was like relaxing. Um, and I wasn't really doing a ton else that I enjoyed. Uh, I barely had time for my personal relationships. Um, I wasn't doing much photography, something I really loved. You know, I've got uh, 15,000 photos, like camera photos, not including my like phone photos you know, on my computer and, you know, you can see all the high school, college, and then it drops off for a couple of years. And I just wasn't really doing much of that. I wasn't playing music anymore. Um, although it's a little bit generous to consider what I did with a drum set music, uh, it was something that I did for many years and dabbled generously. Let's use the word dabbled with guitar and bass guitar also. And I wasn't doing any of that. I wasn't playing any tennis, which is something that I had played, you know, every day for many, many, many years. Um, I wasn't really reading for fun that much, uh, and I, I wasn't cooking, you know, I was just eating takeout all the time, and that wasn't sustainable, you know, in many different respects, and I needed to figure out something that would help me prioritize things better. Uh, I, I didn't really know this, it, but fortunately for me, you know, I had someone in my life who was really able to provide some perspective here. So Aaron, who I've mentioned, or who's been on some of the other episodes here, who's uh, my former business partner, one of my business partners at Veracity Media, he had a much better outlook on all of this. And uh, I think that's in part because uh, his family, because he's part Spanish, and they have a much better, you know, at large, they have a much better uh, take on all of these things and a better balance, and I think, than we do in the U.S., especially, you know, in the New Jersey, New York uh, metro area. 
And so I think that, um, so we're actually, we're, we're driving up from DC at one point back up to New Jersey, New York. It was over the summer, it was really hot. I did not have functional air conditioning in my car at this time. We're like in traffic on the Dell Memorial Bridge. And, um, you know, just talking about this past year, that past year, 2013, which had had a lot of ups and some big downs too. Um, and in, including my kind of my personal life. And, you know, he provided some really helpful kind of perspective on how intentional he is with the time off that he takes and how important that is to sort of build into your life and not allowing, you know, other things to sort of erode this, but like putting your foot down and either figuratively or literally scheduling that time off for yourself and making sure you prioritize that. And it started to get me thinking about, you know, really where I was prioritizing my attention. This is an area that I've had to work on a lot over the years, and I'll share a little more about that when I come back to this topic more formally in an upcoming episode. Um, some of the challenges in my own life uh, for many years, basically my entire life uh, with ADHD. And so, uh, but I think things things had gotten, uh, you know, I'd let, I don't know, they'd gotten out of hand a little bit. I'd lost a little bit of control. You know, I'd lost my grip on, you know, some of the infrastructure that I had put in place to allow myself to really focus in a more constructive way. And so fortunately, I was sort of, you know, prepared to think about these things because I had spent so much time thinking about this stuff, you know, in my life in the past. And so as soon as we started talking about it, we sort of realized he was right and had to build in some better ways to do this. And I started doing that um, around 2013. And over the following years, when I did do some traveling, which I had not done before that, um, this all got kicked off in 2013 when I went to Rwanda. And uh, this was not the plan, but when I was there, ended up getting engaged in some really fascinating, like, community development work. And it was just totally, I mean, mean, fascinating is an understatement. Um, And it was, I learned so much in such a short period of time. And it opened my eyes to how much I could learn by traveling to other places like this. And sort of, like, getting deep into communities as best as possible, talking to people, learning about what they were working on, seeing different ways of doing things reflecting on that in my own experiences and bringing different ideas and thoughts back to my life, you know, in the U.S., in New Jersey, you know, in South Orange. Um, So over the next few years, I had traveled. And like I mentioned, you know, some of those places are really interesting and I'll be sharing some of those stories. But I wasn't totally disconnected when I was traveling. You know, I wasn't on my phone the whole time for sure, but I wasn't totally disconnected. And so this experience really sort of gave me that space and helped, you know, basically push me another level forward here. You know, I think this is something I have a very good handle on now, you know, but it's something that I've worked for many years on building. And it's a big part of what we talk about in my classes for management students in the public administration program, the MPA program at Seton Hall. It's a big part of what I do in my consulting practices and in how I manage other people, making sure to build in Uh, the sort of informal and formal policies that allow people to go home. And I don't call people that work for me, you know, after work unless it's an emergency Um, and setting that expectation with my bosses and doing, building these things into actual work lives. And we're going to talk about that in this upcoming episode, how to not only think about some of these things, how to draw these balances, how to reflect on your goals in your personal life, but also your professional life. Because these trips for me, a lot of them were in January. You know, I got into the sort of habit for a few years of doing the rescue squad, uh, doing a shift at the rescue squad on New Year's Eve, which they sometimes had trouble getting people for. Doing that, you know, spending, you know, ball dropping, uh, you know, midnight, you're in the back of the ambulance. 
uh, which was always interesting. And then uh, hopping on a plane the next day and going somewhere new that I hadn't been and really giving myself the space to reflect on what I wanted to do the year prior. You know, I had goals written down, how that played into my larger plans, multi-year plans of what I'm working on, what I was going to prioritize in the upcoming year, really try to be honest with myself about how I was doing and not take for granted that another year had gone by. Um, and so this trip was sort of a, you know, it was like me getting, ratcheting this up a level, you know, in 2017, I think I moved, I moved it forward and created uh, space for myself that was really valuable in reflecting on these things and something that I've just gotten better and better at, you know, since then over the years of disconnecting, taking that time off and using that time to allow ideas and thoughts and emotions to percolate in my brain the way that they were designed to, not the way that we have been um, sort of unintentionally pushed into doing over the last 20 years. I mean, it's really recent that we are in this sort of super hyper-distraction economy. And that's not how most great ideas, that's not the environment that most great ideas come from. If we look back on, you know, uh, impactful and important historical figures, uh, they're not doing a thousand things at once, you know, most of the time. You know, they're deeply engaged in certain things. And so uh, that's been important to me to be able to take that time, whether it's being able to, you know, give myself an hour or two to work on a budget spreadsheet, you know, on a Tuesday afternoon, or whether it's taking five days off to think about a, some really complex personal or professional, you know, governance related topics. So a book that, you know, I discovered a few years ago that came from a podcast um, uh, about this. I wish I had found this a few years prior, but it's uh, it came from an article called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. And the book is the same title, actually. Uh, it's been one of the books that students are able to read for a, uh, an assignment in my class, and I've gotten a lot of really positive feedback about it. So if this has been interesting, you know, that's one of the sources that I'll link to below. You can go check that out. And, um, and if you're interested in this topic, you know, the idea of how you create this balance, how you be more intentional with your focus, pushing back on this distraction economy, giving yourself the space to reflect on your own priorities, whether they be emotional priorities, professional priorities, or something more specific, giving yourself the space to think about original ideas, creative solutions, connecting dots that other people aren't connecting. You know, I think that's where a lot of the value comes from in thinking through what we can do differently. And so I would just encourage um, you to check out the upcoming episodes about that and appreciate you for joining me on this kind of unique installment here where hopefully you've enjoyed some of these photos. I certainly can't describe how much I enjoyed, you know, cruising out, ripping through the desert, you know, the Mojave Desert, you know, in the morning as the sun, you know, purple, pink, red sun is rising over the horizon, you know, burning fog off the desert and the mountains in the distance. I mean, just truly incredible. Um, so hopefully those photos have been interesting. Hope, hopefully these reflections have been interesting and look forward to talking more about this uh, on some of the future episodes. Hey, everyone, Alex here. If you want to find show notes, sources, and more information, you can do so in the YouTube description or online on my website at rethinkingwithalextorpy.com. Please don't hesitate to reach out to me with any questions or feedback at alex at rethinkingwithalextorpy.com or on social media. And if you liked what you heard, please consider leaving a positive review, subscribing, liking, or sharing this episode with a friend. Thanks again for listening.